What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this? Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And today we are looking for this year's Jamar Chase, which is kind of disingenuous because he's a one of one player and you're probably not going to find him literally. <laughs> Clickbait! Good hook though. Got figuratively! Me. Figuratively! You already spoiled it. Yeah, usually do that later. No, in all seriousness, so Jamar Chase was going in like the sixth round last year and he ended up being a top four receiver. Although that kind of underplays how good he was because he finished by Cooper Cup, Devontae, et cetera. But he had like 50 fantasy points in week 17 when you were in your championship. So if you had Jamar Chase, you probably won your league. He was the good. Point is, yeah, it's good. It's good at football. <laughs> you want to find that again. And specific, I don't mean like 50 points in week 17. That's a little hard to find. But what you want is that receiver who's going in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, maybe the 60s, who is going to end up with the top five, top 10 season because that's how you get your value and long story short last 10 years you look it's way easier to find a receiver is going to do that in that range than a running back so that's why we are aiming at receivers in the middle rounds but specifically how do you find those dudes it's hard so i want to shout out rich rebar rich rebar is at sharp football analysis he's one of the best fantasy analysts out there and rich last month had a really great insight so rich did some research and to grossly, disgustingly oversimplify <laughs> what Rich was saying. It's that over, like the great fantasy receivers come from good teams, just about, mostly. And like 10, 10 plus win teams. Yeah. Eight, eight plus win teams. Yeah. To look at the numbers. So what Rich did is he looked at the last 30 NFL seasons and he just looked at the top 12 fantasy receivers in each of the last 30 years. So it's the top 12 from 30 years. I think that's 360 players, if I can do math. And what he found was really simple. Three quarters of those guys in real life were on a team that won eight games. Their mm. real life team was good, or at least like they're a playoff team or in the playoff hunt, three quarters of them. And half of them were on a team whose real team won 10 games. Or more. So again, or more, yeah. So you're, if you're talking about the top 12 receivers each year, Nine of the top 12, their real-life team won eight games. And half the top 12, their team won 10. I think that's pretty stunning. I don't know if you guys, like, I thought that was shocking. It is shocking. I don't know if it's, like, incredibly surprising because usually good teams score points. Right. And when there's more points, that's better for fantasy. I think the more surprising thing is, like, finding the team that's going to make the lead that you don't expect, which leads to our Jamar Chase conversation because the Bengals, no one really expected, obviously, to go where they did this year. And right. when they when they do exceed expectations, you find these Jamar Chases. So that's what we're going to try to do here. Exactly. So as Craig said, you can either try to find a team who has a win total that you think is off and they'll be better than the win total, or you can find a team that has a win total at 8, 9, or 10 or above, but doesn't have a receiver in this range of drafts. And so you can find one or the other that way. So that it's like, we're reverse engineering this. Yeah. yeah. So instead of just looking at all the receivers, we're going to look at the teams. And honestly, we're going to do 
to find this, we're going to do my single favorite NFL exercise. I always start and end my NFL prep every season with you look at the last year's playoffs and you're like, I have to pull out half the teams because every <laughs> single year, like clockwork, half the teams that made the playoffs just don't make it back. And it's really fun to go through and be like, well, who's going to make it? Who's not? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go division by division and we're going through every team and we're going to put them into three buckets. Teams that were like really confident will make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Teams that were really confident will not make the playoffs. And then the teams in the middle who basically are fighting for like that wild card, like the, the loose, the playoff race, the, the teams that could be in it, but we're not really confident either way. So we're just going to go division by division. Does that work for you guys? Yeah, let's do it. This is a great thing to do over the summer, by the way. It's it's I'm enjoying fun. this kind of thing. Yeah. So let's without further ado, let's just get into it. So we're, who's going to make the playoffs like t- on the team level, starting with the AFC East, the Bills, Bills, obviously <laughs> going to make win the division, right? Probably. We don't have to have a conversation there. The Jets, very probably Jets are not making the playoffs, right? We don't buy. Although, do we have to discuss the Zach Wilson thing briefly? The is this it's, real? it's certainly fascinating. A lot to chew I'm on. I'm trying there. to say this in a way that Zach Wilson won't. <laughs> well, can you sue be us. more explicit? Well, not not like sexually explicit, but just like be more specific about what you're talking about. Is the objective explanation that Zach Wilson's ex girlfriend implied that they broke up because Zach Wilson was sleeping with Zach Wilson's mom's best friend? Correct. Did she imply that or did she say it? Ex- she like, stated specific. it plainly. She just said it. Yeah, she, all right, you're right. Okay. She said that Zach Wilson was sleeping with his mom's best friend. Okay. Correct. So they broke up. Got that dog in him. And, but the Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend is now dating Zach Wilson's best friend from BYU, who's now a receiver on the Commanders. Dex Milne or Milne. Does this mean the Jets could make the playoffs this year if Zach Wilson is maturing into year two? He's he's maturing rapidly, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> do you get okay? Why do you guys actually years, think, if you will. think back to last year? I don't actually remember. Did were, did anyone think that the Bengals were going to be not only a playoff team but like a potential Super Bowl team? I cannot. I can't for, for the life of me remember like what the impression was going into the of season. Of Cincinnati? Like, I mean, yeah. no. All we no. talked about was how bad their line was, and then we weren't talking about them. Certainly not as a as a Super Bowl team, but probably not as a playoff team. So like maybe the Jets, <laughs> no, I don't know, like a no. massive, massive jump from Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Joe Burrow is doing what Zach Wilson has been accused of. No, Joe Burrow had a lot of signal as a rookie that he was good. Like there was a lot of numbers, even though they're bad and, and like overall his numbers, like just like the counting stats were not very good. There was a ton of signal within Burrow's like numbers, his deep accuracy, um, his, like just everything that you could like all the like little stats the deep deep dive stats like all pointed to like being pretty good like based on rookie seasons over the last 20 years there's like none of that with Zach Wilson like Zach yeah, Wilson's like we, numbers Craig and I were terrible. talking about the Zach Wilson mom thing and you just went into a very serious analysis of whether he's like Joe Burrow you're comparing Zach Wilson to Joe Burrow the player and we're we're like is Zach Wilson trying to be Joe Burrow off the field <laughs> yeah like in coolness does he want Joe Burrow's life like, can we say one thing? Like, okay, a lot of people right. are like, props to Zach Wilson. If Burrow did this, he'd be elected president, like, next week. <laughs> that's so true, though. Yeah. People would be like, oh, that's cool. And Zach Wilson does it. We're like, oh. All right, so we had to address that. Okay. The memes are great, though. The memes are flying around. The memes. If you actually, honestly, if you if there are any good memes, just email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Any memes you see it on the Zach Wilson stuff, I just want to make sure I don't miss any. Anyway. Bills making the playoffs. Jets are not making the playoffs. Patriots and Dolphins, is it fair to put them in the middle, like the wild card? I would not be surprised. So the Patriots did make the playoffs last year. The Dolphins did not. I would not be surprised if both didn't, but I wouldn't rule them out of the race. Yeah, yeah, they have the same odds to win the AFC East, and I think that's fair to put them in the middle. So they're in the middle bucket. Okay, AFC North. This one's tough. Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to win the division and they are actually favored. The, they're basically tied with the Bengals. The Ravens are the slight favorites. I think the Ravens are going to win the division this year, but I think this is one of the tougher ones to figure out. I think that's crazy. I think the Bengals are getting zero respect. They went to the Super Bowl last year and you're like, well, respect. It, it's their how are they division. not? Nothing changed. They got better and now they're not the favorite they're, in their, their own division. Their offensive line is like, the they literally thing, only got, got better. better. Yeah. Everybody gets better in the offseason except the Cowboys, who just cut their best player. And I, I, Not everybody gets better in the offseason. The Packers didn't get better. Plenty of teams didn't get better. <laughs> I'm fine, fair. Well, I guess the way I look at it is this. The Bengals 
had two things going for them last year. And again, I, all the caveats in the world, like Joe Burrow is amazing and will stay amazing. Jamar Chase is amazing. Like they're very hungry players. Like I'm not saying that the usual Super Bowl hangover arguments, I'm not arguing. I'm saying that they also did have to get lucky to get to the Super Bowl. Like even the, like the, the Raiders game in the playoffs, the Bengals almost didn't do it. Like Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in playoff history and he probably will keep that record forever because they gave up so many sacks. So here's all I'm saying with the Bengals. They had this, I believe, the second easiest schedule in the NFL last year by Warren Sharp's scheduling. And they also were like the healthiest team. And they won 10 games. Meanwhile, the Ravens were the least healthy team in the NFL and lost all three of the running backs before the season began. And they still won eight games. Okay, here's my next question. What have the Ravens ever done in the playoffs when healthy? Well, that's suddenly whether you believe in Lamar or not. Well, this isn't the discussion, though, is it? It's who's going to make the playoffs, not who's. What are they going to do? Who's going to win the division? And usually, the team that wins the division is the better team, and, you, and usually goes further in the playoffs. So my point is, is that yes, you could say the Ravens are going to get their running backs back and they're going to be healthy again. And I'm like, great. What have they done when they're healthy? The Bengals <laughs> went healthy, went to the Super Bowl. I'm, I know, I agree. I'm just saying, but that was also the top end of what they're capable of. Like, I just think that the, I, I just think the Ravens going to win the division. So that's the thing. Is, are we able to confidently put any of these in, or are they all in the mi- the middle here? I think you got to put the Ravens and the Bengals in the playoffs. I yeah, I, I or unless you got to so. feel good about both of them going to the playoffs. The Browns at plus two eighty to win the division is insane to me. The Browns I, can we can we take the Browns as a not making it period? Like we don't think Deshaun's going to play. Like let's just put the Browns out of the playoffs. Can we? Do yeah, that? I don't know why they're plus two eighty. And then the Steelers, I, you know, probably not. Do I? Could I see the Steelers like winning seven or eight games? Yeah. So the whole division's just in the middle, or he's putting the Ravens in. <laughs> I think the Ravens win. If the Browns start Jacoby Brissett, it's not happening. All right, how about this, DK? You be the tiebreaker. I think the Ravens win. Craig thinks the Bengals are in. Mm-hmm. You be the tiebreaker. One we're going to put in, and the other we're just going to put in the middle. Okay, I'm going to put. Ooh, I'm going to put the Bengals winning the division, and then I'm going to okay. put the Ravens being the wild card. But, but they with could. The I mean, yeah. I just think it like we got to build in a little bit of respect for the Bengals, man. Like <laughs> they're not like Craig said, they didn't get worse; they got better in the off season. So um, the Ravens are getting better because they're getting their players. All right, I mean, right, I, right. I like right. the we, Ravens we too. I really down. like the Ravens too. I'm not like hating on the Ravens, okay. but we don't have to get yeah. bogged down. AFC South. When I was going through this exercise, the first team I pulled out of the playoffs was the Titans. Titans were the one seed last year. I think the Colts are winning this division, I'm, mm-hmm. and they're also actually favorites, like by a lot, to do it. They, Implied odds are actually 55%. The Colts win the division. Mm. You guys have any issues with that? No, none. All right, so we're going to put the Colts in. Get ready for the Titans to be 8-2 and two to start the season. Titans now. fans are screaming at us, but I'm like, you know what, man? Getting rid of AG. I gotta, think the Titans, Titans fans are going to have to scream at a lot of people because I feel like this is pretty much the consensus by now. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, okay, so the Jaguars and the Texans, we're not going to entertain, right? They're right. out of the playoffs. We're not. No. So the yeah. Titans will put in the race, right, for the AFC? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then AFC West, this one's very difficult. We're willing to put the Chiefs in, right? Yes, yeah, at least playoffs. as a wild card. I would argue I want the Chargers in. I agree. In all, and we're not eliminating any of these from the playoff race, but I think the Chargers are making the playoffs. I agree. I'm willing to say that. DK, I, they're my, I would bet them to win the division. I mean, it's the Chargers, but yes, I agree. <laughs> I think I think this is the year. For, I, like Herbert, I know, look, everyone's going to say like, oh, it's seven years of Chargers hype. The Justin Herbert years are not the same as the Philip Rivers year. Like they're not, it's a they're new not era. the same thing. And like, again, they would have made the playoffs last year if they could stop the run. The Chargers defense got way better. Like they had a Khalil Mack. It's kind of an underrated story somehow. The Chargers I know, that, have how, is, how are we Mack. not talking about that? They yeah, added Jul- uh, Khalil Mack. They added JC Jackson at corner. Like they're stacking up. Yeah. And low key, they also got Sebastian Joseph Day, who was like one of the key offensive defensive linemen the Rams had other than Aaron Donald. Like Joseph, anyway, we don't have to get into all that. But I think that the Chargers, I am so confident will... The in, the Broncos and the Raiders are really interesting. I we're not both wild cards. taking them out of it, yeah. but the reason because so many people I think are probably listening to this and wondering why the Broncos with Russell Wilson are not in. I think the Broncos are pretty top heavy, man. It's like because at first you're like Russ and Judy and Cortland Sutton, but like, well, the Broncos have a great secondary. I don't know, like their defense if line probably one of the weaker ones in the division. And then you've also got Randy Gregory. They signed has like the shoulder injury and he's not playing. And I don't know. Like, I just think the Broncos 
are of all the teams are the ones where I wouldn't be surprised if a few injuries kind of derail them. I think uh, my my opinion of the Broncos is like you just have to do more projecting with the Broncos than you do with the other teams yes. in this division because we don't exactly know what Russell Wilson's going to look like in this offense. You, and like you were saying, there's some guys on the defensive line that I think are going to have to make a jump if they're going to be an elite defense. So it you know there there are some. I guess just more variables there that we're not really sure of. That's why in this stacked ass division, that's why you'd probably not have them as a favorite. Um, the the tough part about the AFC man is just the AFC North and the AFC West might be the two best divisions in football. Yes. It's like not everybody's getting in, you know. So that's what makes it tough for like the Patriots or you know the Titans in particular because like these other divisions are just going to produce a lot of good teams. But at the same time, they could just beat up on each other. Um, and let other teams sneak in. So this is going to be fascinating in the AFC. AFC, what we've decided here, teams that are in, Bills are winning the AFC East, Bengals are going to win the AFC North, Colts are going to win the AFC South, Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. We're pretty confident Chargers get a wild card. I actually agree with Craig. I think the Chargers actually will win and the Chiefs might get a wild card. Either way, we're putting those teams in. And because there's three wild cards now, so just a reminder, there's seven teams in each conference, 14 playoff teams, three wild cards. And we're giving one of the wild cards to the Chargers, essentially. We're saying that, I can count math, two, four, six, we're really saying seven teams are fighting for two spots. And those teams are the Patriots and the Dolphins, the Ravens and the Steelers, the Browns, if you want to count them, the Titans, the Broncos, the Raiders. Jesus. And so, to all the fans right now who are mad that their team didn't make it, just remember, Five of those teams are not going to make the playoffs. Like the Patriots <laughs> might not, the Titans, the Broncos, the Raiders. Like, I understand. I'm sorry. People probably like, well, the Raiders didn't even get mentioned in the AFC West. Like, a lot of good teams won't make the playoffs in the AFC. So that's yeah. the picture. Yeah. NFC. On the other hand. Yeah, on the other hand. Jeez. The, there are so no bad. good teams in the NFC, <laughs> on the other hand. <laughs> NFC East, we're going to put the Cowboys in the playoffs, right? In the NFC East? Yeah. Or, I, I mean, guess. I don't even feel strongly about that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Well, you know what I've described? You know what the NFC East is this year? You know that saying that you don't have to be faster than the bear, just faster than your slowest right. friend? <laughs> it's just like... That's, that's the NFC East every season. If the Cowboys were in the AFC West, would they be the fifth best team? I was literally just thinking that, Craig. I, I think that, yeah, they probably would. The Cowboys... Are the Cowboys better than the Raiders? I think they're 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 probably around each other in terms of quality yeah. when you think the difference like in- is I feel like Josh McDaniels will be such a better coach than Mike McCarthy. Totally. I still can't get over all the like Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have a solid roster, even despite they just cut Amari Cooper and Lel Collins. The thing I can't get over about the Mike McCarthy stuff is he doesn't call the plays on offense and they had 14 penalties and a play penalties in a Jesus. playoff game after leading the league in penalties <laughs> during the regular season. And he's bad at clock management. I'm like, dude, you don't call plays. Like, what are you good at? I'll never forget the Dak Prescott scramble. That's like, it's like when Andy oh Reid gets God. made fun of for the timeouts. <laughs> yeah. Andy Reid's calling plays. He has to come up with a new play every 12 seconds. I Mike McCarthy's just watching time, the game. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, scramble. the scramble with how many seconds left? Like 12? <laughs> it, was 19, it was 19 seconds. Yeah. And then was it the next no day or this? Out. Or no time. But the next game or this, or was it, no, was the Chiefs Bills the next day when the, Chiefs then scored the touchdown in 14 seconds from 90 yards away. 13 seconds, they got a field goal. 13 seconds, they got the field goal, but the Cowboys <laughs> couldn't need it in 8-17. Anyway, I think Dak Prescott's, though, the best quarterback in the yeah. division by a lot, and that makes yes. sense. Yes, yeah. Cowboys are there. Eagles will put as the as the middling team, right, mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, no one's going to be surprised if the Eagles win this division, I don't think. Washington is also in the hunt. We're not ruling them sure, out. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, uh, the Giants? Are we really? I'm not objective. What do you guys think? I'm I'm willing to no. put the Giants in the mix if Washington's in the mix. Yeah, that's, I feel that way. All right, so Heifetz, Heifetz, yeah. you're the NFC East expert. Like, hasn't oh. this like division been won by like a different team like every year in the last like, like 25 years? Or, yeah, there's no continuity. Yeah, whatsoever. it's. Uh, I mean, if 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 there were a couple that have back to back, it's like very rare. It's like this well, so- division is always a toss up. The argument is that the Giants have the easiest schedule in football this year, and the Eagles also have like one of the three easiest schedules in football this year. And so the Eagles just getting AJ Brown and just having a way easier schedule and a pretty surprisingly like deep roster. I think the Eagles could win it, but the Giants, it would require a lot. Yeah. And put them in the mix, but they're the worst team to be. Yeah. All right. NFC North, we're going to put the Packers in, right? Yes. Packers are in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Can we take the Bears out of the. Although. I was going to say, if I wanted to get a lot of value, if, I, if I'm value hunting, I'm taking Minnesota to win the division. 
Oh man. So the Vikings. I still think, so this, yeah, I still think the Packers are clearly the best team. They have a really good defense too. The Vikings are three to one to win the division. It's crazy because the Packers are the first team to win thirteen games in a row, three years, uh, thirteen games, three years in a row. It seems back insane to to against them. Yeah. All right. Well, so we're gonna give the Packers the playoff spot. We're gonna put the Vikings yeah. and the Lions in the hunt, and then the Lions the Bears out of it. All right. I yeah, think the, the Lions Bears. go in the hunt. The Bears no? are not not making for a the wild playoffs. card. Well, I think that's the weird thing with the NFC. It's like these teams are so bad that it's like it's easier to imagine the Lions wouldn't be in the hunt in the AFC. Yeah, we have like the Patriots oh, and Russell Wilson in the hunt in the AFC, and here we're putting the Lions and the Giants. <laughs> but it's true. When we go through the numbers at the end for the NFC, you're going to see what I mean. No, NFC right. South, are we going to put the Bucks in? Yes. Yeah. We'll take the Falcons and the Panthers are just out, right? Yep. We're not putting them in. Yeah. Okay. And then the Saints, I'm going to put in the hunt. Yep. Yep. Jameis season. Okay. <laughs> NFC West. Rams. Okay. Also, just betting wise, this is crazy to me. The Rams are are plus one in twenty five to win the division. What mm -hmm. am I missing here? Do, doesn't every year the Super Bowl winner, unless there's been a big change, just come out and just start like ten and one, like every year? Also, like I, I would argue, every single team got worse in this division, other than the Rams. The Niners got a rookie quarterback, pretty much a rookie quarterback. The Cardinals are imploding, and the Seahawks lost Russell Wilson. So the implied odds for the NFC West are the Rams are. At Plus one twenty five. So again, that means if you put down a dollar, you would win back a dollar twenty five in profit, which implied means the Vegas thinks they have a forty four percent chance of winning. For perspective, the Colts have an implied chance of fifty four percent. I'm like, I understand that NFC West is a good division, but like, the Niners are going to Trey Lance, this completely unknown commodity, and the Rams just. I don't understand. This doesn't this feel like the best bet on the whole of the all thirty two teams to you guys? Yeah. For the Rams to win the West? The Rams to win the division is plus money. That's crazy. They're saying it's under a 50% chance. They're saying it's more likely that one of the other three teams wins than the Rams. Like, it's it's Rams for the field for the NFC West. That's crazy to me. I agree. The Colts are minus 115, and the Rams are plus 125. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just implying. I don't know. I just think there's a, there is a good amount of parity, I think, in this division. It's just the Seahawks fan. Okay, anyway, we're going to put there the Rams in. There is not the Seahawks. I'm not saying the Seahawks. I'm yeah. just saying like the 49ers and Cardinals are both So we're taking the Seahawks out. We're putting yeah. the 49ers in. I feel like the Cardinals are going to be pretty bad. Honestly. They're in the mix, though. I think they're in the mix. We'll put them in the mix. Okay. So to recap the NFC right there, we got the Cowboys winning the East, the Packers winning the North, the Bucks winning the South, the Rams winning the West. We're not really confident enough in any of these other wildcard teams to put them in. And then the teams we have just out are the Bears, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Seahawks. We're just just out. So I I, I love doing that. Every I think it's this really is fun. gonna be man. The, the more I look at the NFC, I'm like, there's gonna be some funny teams in the playoffs this year. That's so that's the thing. That's the thing. So in the <laughs> AFC, you, we read that list of like the teams going realistically. AFC had like seven really good teams going for two spots. The NFC, three of these teams will make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Eagles, Washington, Giants, Vikings, Lions, Saints, 49ers, Cardinals. That's eight teams. Three of those eight are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> and I just feel like the obvious, I think the Saints are the one that jump leaps out at me. But then after, I mean, we could talk about which one of these guys, but I, I the, the quality of the NFC, I know that we're going to be talking about this all year. But it is so apparent how much work, like every level of it, the best teams of the NFC are not as good as the best in the NFC. The middle isn't as good. And then even the worst teams are just so much worse than the worst teams in the NFC. <laughs> it is bizarre. How did this happen so quickly? It feels like it's just all the quarterback movement. It's the quarterbacks all went to the AFC, right? It feels like all the AFC teams have <laughs> Brady picks. And, and, and it's impossible to hit on quarterback in the draft and the AFC hit on Burrow and Herbert in the same year. Exactly. Exactly that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like 
available H-Track all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Okay, so with all that said, just to recap here what we're doing. Since so many of the top 12 receivers every year are on teams that won at least eight games and so many are on teams that won 10, now we have a pretty good idea. And so we're either going to be looking for teams that are probably going to win eight or 10 games that don't have receivers going at the top end or number one option on a team that we think could be much better than their proje- where we're projecting them, right? So you guys want to look at some of these teams? You want to start with like the confident teams we're looking at and anyone that could emerge or the middle? Yeah, start with confident and then we'll work our way into the middle. The middle is probably more meaty in terms of like the potential steals or value, but like there's, I think there's still a couple guys we're just mentioning in the confident playoff teams. So we're going to look, so these con, like the teams that were very confident making the playoffs, we're looking for top 12 guys, but like out of like, again, the Jamar Chase is the guys going 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. So the Bills are out here. They have Stephon Diggs, but he's already priced at that point. Yeah. And then it's basically, could Gabriel Davis join it? That's tough. So we got the Bills, the Bengals, but Jamar Chase is already there. Yep. We have the Chiefs, where they this have is Travis where it gets Kelsey. Interesting. They have Kelsey, but is does that kind of mess with the receiver thing? Because they have Kelsey. I think there's still, an, I, th- I still think there's a chance that I mean, someone's going to have to replace. I mean, it's probably going to end up being a combination of like three guys that replaces Tyree Kills, you know, volume. But like the Chiefs historically have been very uh, top heavy in terms of like where their target rate goes. Like it's all to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey over the last few years. And then none of the other guys are worthwhile. If that happens again, obviously we don't know if that's going to happen again. But like, is a guy like Juju Smith Schuster the guy to target? Is he have the potential to, you know, get 120 targets or whatever it is? And vastly, vastly outplay. Right now, I was looking on underdog, their ADP. This is best ball during the offseason. But um, he's the wide receiver 27, 55th overall. So right in that fourth, fifth, sixth round range, probably, when, we, when we're talking the beginning of the season. And, I mean, he's done it in his, before. He's done it before in his career, which is, you know, obviously, he's, he's been kind of rough over the last few years. But to me, he's, he's the guy that kind of stands out there. What do you guys think of the Chiefs? My gut is that Travis Kelsey kind of spoils this because he's not listed as a receiver, but spiritually you you're basically banking on it being like what you said the year where Antonio Brown and Juju were both top five or when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were both top five. But that's a lot to expect, I think, from I know these dudes on one year deal. Yeah. I don't really expect it, but it's also like I really don't expect it from Valdez Scantling or Miko Hardman. Um if anybody like the weird out of nowhere player could be like Sky Moore. Or yeah, he like certainly that. has like the the uh, physical profile of potentially replacing Tyree Kill the best, the most. Mm-hmm. Um, He's but, already screwed up my bingo card though because he has a hamstring injury. And like when the rookies get the soft tissue injuries in like July or June. I know. Yeah, I don't love that. I don't. I don't think there's anybody here I feel super confident about. But I think it's it's Juju if if you need to pick. Although he's not he's not cheap right now. But going no. through this list, the next team I think is really interesting because it's the Colts. And I, I, we're all on the same page here. Again, they have a terrible division, doormat division, where they can... I mean, the Titans are formidable. They're very well coached. But then you got the Jags and the Texans. Michael Pittman is yep. so head and shoulders above all the other players on this roster as a receiver that if there's any guy that you're like, who's the obvious candidate among these good teams? It kind of feels like Michael Pittman's the guy, right, DK? Yes, absolutely. However... He's already priced like that. Like he's not a sleeper right now. I'm looking at again underdog ADP. He is thirtieth overall. But it's it's not really who's a sleeper. It's who's going to join the elites. And yeah, I think this is the most quintessential example of what this episode's purpose is today. I think it's Pittman. I think he's like well, the number one choice of like he is the clearly defined number one receiver on a team that we think is going to win the division. And if that is the case, they have a brand new quarterback, a former MVP. Like the other receivers on this team are Alex Pierce and Paris Campbell. Like Alec, if, Alec, Alec Campbell. Excuse me. If this team <laughs> no, is going to win, Pierce. Alec Pierce. <laughs> Alec Pierce. The point is he doesn't know the name. The point the is guys. that these. Yeah, they're not, they're <laughs> there's nothing famous. going on. And Pittman yeah. had 88 catches last year. He had over a thousand yards. Right. Uh, it's got to Pittman. I think is my top choice to join the, a top 12. Like the top. Like I think if you, if you're 
you have to say like he has the most opportunity to join like the top five at receiver because he, I I just think he's already priced really high. And so like this isn't a Jamar Chase situation where he's in the 60s. Or You're whatever. right about that. But I, I agree like this. He has an amazing opportunity as the number one with a good quarterback finally um, for the for the Colts. And so I don't disagree with you. I just think he's already kind of being priced like uh, the potential breakout that he might be. Yeah, I think you're both right. I think, but I, Pittman's opportunity is crucial. The other thing I think that is crucial to understand about the Colts last year is I, I'm not wavering on Jonathan Taylor at number one, but I think that it's not as clear cut as people think in large part because Jonathan Taylor got such an absurd number of goal line carries last year. I mean, I'm talking like 25 plus, and basically, uh, I think JJ Zacharyson mentioned this that every like there like seven or eight players have gotten 25 goal line carries in the last decade and literally no one's ever repeated it and i'm not just mm. talking about regression the reason jonathan taylor got so many goal line carries was midway through the season frank reich the colts head coach just gave up on once they were like this guy is yeah. just not doing he melted down and they're like we don't trust him anymore and they built their entire offense around jonathan taylor including not trusting carson wentz at the goal line. They were so afraid of Wentz screwing up at the goal line, they just gave all the balls to Taylor. Yeah. That's just not going to happen with Matt Ryan. And so I just think it's not that Jonathan Taylor's not good. It's just that when you have an actual quarterback you trust, they're going to throw more. And I think Mm -hmm. that leads right to Michael Pittman just having this huge year. It's a good point. In the first five games of Wentz's uh, year with the Colts, he had over 30 attempts in each of the first five games. The last five games of the season, he didn't even go over 30 once. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just how the season went and they just gave up on him. And those, that context is always important. So we like Michael Pittman. The mm-hmm. next one's super interesting. The chargers. We love the chargers. The chargers. Yeah. I, I, I think the chargers are primed for an incredible season. I, They're my favorite team in the league. That's not the Steelers. If I could somehow <laughs> not like be tied to the Steelers, I would pick the chargers. So here's the thing. There's this meta question then of like, do you want Keenan Allen or Mike Williams? Because Keenan Allen is probably safer and catches more balls. But we saw Mike Williams for the five weeks where he was the number one receiver in fantasy. But then he went back to being Mike Williams and was just like really heartbreaking and disappointing. But is it staring us in his face like we talked about the other day? Like Mike Williams right. is just going to be great. Well, I mean, if you want, I, once again with pricing, Mike, Mike Williams was the number 10 wide receiver in fantasy last year. Yeah, so they're right now they're the wide receiver twelve and thirteen in ADP. So they're going high. <laughs> like this is Mike Williams uh, is being drafted in the uh, uh, on average. If you look at fantasy pros, he's being drafted at fi- in the fifties. We have fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We have him at forty six. The yeah. answer is Mike Williams, right? Uh, if you expect uh, the the Chargers are got really weird. Basically, in the middle of the season, they stopped letting Herbert like throw the ball deep, and it completely messed up Mike Williams' like season um and if and goddamn they, cover two yeah and then they, they kind of got back to it at the end of the season but herbert's like yards per attempt went way down in the middle of the season and if you believe that you know they can get they can write the ship a little bit williams is probably another behind Pittman likeliest candidate to actually join like a top seven um group yeah there's so I many agree. ghosts yelling at us right now that mike williams cannot be trusted that ain't me Trust that man with your life. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Other the other teams were confident like the playoffs. The Cowboys go to the NFC now. Cowboys, but CeeDee Lamb's already priced as if he's gonna mm-hmm. be great. So it doesn't really count. The Packers are really interesting. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Oh, the cow- She thought I was talking about the Cowboys. She's Australian. Cowboys. Yeah, I do. I've well, because oh yeah, because the Australian. Why did Siri start talking to you there? What 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 uh, prompted so that? She gave me the Cowboys play the Broncos. She gave me the preseason schedule. Oh, she's doing it again. Oh, nice. She's <laughs> Australian because of all the Australian lists. Oh, not now. Not now. Right, Is your girlfriend you. jealous that you set your Siri to have an Australian accent? Uh, I don't think she cares. She's not intimidated <laughs> by Siri. Okay. Uh, Trouble in Paradise? you seen the movie Her? <laughs> Am I, Maybe you guys should watch I'm that. I'm in love with Siri. I'm just saying. Yeah, just throwing it out there. Why would you change the voice if you don't care? I don't get it. What's your <laughs> voice like? Just whatever the iPhone gave me, whatever Siri was programmed with, that's the we voice. We did this last year. I changed my Siri to Australian when we got all the Australian emails. Yeah, well, you didn't have a girlfriend last year now, did you? Wow, I did. <laughs> well, I'll check, wow. check the tape on that. I'll check the numbers. Wow. <laughs> Thank God she like doesn't listen to this podcast. 
<laughs> and I'm fine. So I'm, there we go. Okay, Green uh, Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. Uh, Packers are also one that kind of screams on this list because, again, what we're doing here, like a lot of these receivers come from good teams, and the Packers don't have anybody. I mean, obviously they lost Devontae Adams, but I don't know if everyone knows, like Robert Tunyon, like tight end, like he is recovering from injury. Don't even know if he's going to be healthy to begin the year. So they just got like Alan Lazard, Sammy freaking Watkins. I mean, <laughs> this te- like there's no one here. But I, I I don't know if Alan Lazard, Deacon, do you think Alan Lazard has like the skill set to be the main receiver? Like who is catching passes in Green Bay? He doesn't feel to me like he's a high volume fantasy superstar. Um, and I know that's not a bold statement whatsoever, but um, it just doesn't feel like like realistic to me. I think he is so going to be weird if Alan Lazard was. There's a world in which he is because, like, again, it's who else is going to be catching passes. And this is Aaron Rodgers. He's a two-time MVP, you know, defending MVP. He's obviously very good. And he he has historically gone with guys he trusts. And he trusts Lazard. He's talking Lazard up already. Um, Lazard has tons of experience in this system. He doesn't have the Sammy Watkins history of just totally disappearing. I think Watkins is clearly, you know, Skill set wise, like talent, the more talented, the most talented. I don't think Lazard has like the explosion and the speed and all that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is so tough. I, it's like I almost would rather take a just take a flyer on one of the much, much further down the line guys like Romeo Dubs or Christian Watson, the rookie Christian Watson, um, and just see it like see if one of those guys pans out. Then, like, I don't know. I just don't know if I can believe the Lazard hype. I think we all. None of us want it to be Lazard. I think it's for some reason that we feel bored <laughs> yeah. by it. I think we want it to be Christian Watson or we want it to be Sammy Watkins, but I think it probably is going to be Alan Lazard. If you look at Lazard's like numbers with Rodgers, he's actually yeah. a pretty strong red zone threat. He like finished the season really strong last year. He was like a top 15 guy in the last five weeks of the season. Uh, to me, he's the easy choice to replace Devontae Adams' red zone production because Alan Lazard is big. He has size. The chemistry matters in the red zone more than anywhere else, I think. So like... Uh, I, it's got to be Lazard. It's a boring pick and no one's going to ooh and ah on draft day, but I, I think it's Lazard. I, I actually kind of agree. I don't, yeah. And like, I, I don't really, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I just don't like, I, I have a hard boring. time believing Lazard well, is going to be like a most, top 12 receiver. <laughs> the part I agree most <laughs> is that we don't want it to be Lazard. No. But the reality is the Packers always have this kind of, it's like the Alabama running backs. It's like, there's always this line of succession in Green Bay. It went from like, yeah. Donald Driver, I might get the order wrong, but like went from like Donald Driver, did the overlap from Favre to Rogers. And then, I mean, he had James Greg Jones, Jennings. his favorite, Jordy Nelson. Yeah, sorry. It was Donald Driver to Greg Jennings, to Jordy Nelson, to Devante. And now it's like Lazard. But the reality is, I don't know if any of those guys were obvious guys to emerge until they did. Like Devante Adams' first two years in the league, people, I, I think people thought he was going to be out of the NFL. I will never forget every fantasy analyst in the beginning of Devontae Adams' career after his first two seasons hated him. <laughs> they thought he was so Dude, the bad. Fans, the Green Bay fans hated him. They wanted him to get cut. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just, I keep that in mind with Lazard. And let's do the thing we always, I'm going to make a rule from now on. Quick age check. Oh, he's 26 is Lazard. Sam Watkins is 29. Again, he's not Devontae Adams, but I mean, Lazard, how, I, I guess, let me reverse it. How many good games in a row would Alan Lazard need for you guys for you guys to realize, oh shit, it was Alan Lazard. He's just the number one receiver in Green Bay. Five. Five? No, I feel less. like it's two. Yeah. I need two, and then I'll be like, I'm an idiot. Can I just say Devontae Adams' first season with over a thousand yards came when he was 26. Oh no shit. Are you snap. serious? Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, Albeit he had he had a lot of touchdowns leading up to that. Like he had 997 when he was 24. Oh, so you're cheating. Okay. Okay. You <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. Can I throw out like well, here's a curveball. What if the Packers sign Will Fuller or Julio Jones before the season? Or Odell. I'm not. They or, already have well, Walkins. Odell's you not coming have... back to like week 10, probably. Or Odell's something. not moving to Green Bay. You also can't have <laughs> True. more than one real like much more famous older broken down receiver like if you have sammy watkins you can't also have julio jones like how many you know what i mean i'd love it if they had julio julio will fuller and sammy watkins is just like three versions of the spider-man meme they're all just like we're super unreliable (laughs) can we sign them all sign them all because only one will be healthy each week but that kind of works there you go well, Bill had the rule of you can't have two crazy guys on a team because they'll hang out together. And it's like, it's kind of the same, you know, with the receivers. You can't, you know, you can't have two They'll guys. all lubricate their muscles together. Yeah. They're just in the, they're in the cold tub together talking about God knows Hot what. tub club. 
Hot tub club. All right. So Lazard, I'm writing down Lazard on this list. I like Lazard and Pittman. Two boring you guys, guys are fucking talking me into it, and I hate you for it. You know why? It's not going to work. Alan Lazard's just Mike Davis. Can We st- We need to have an episode called <laughs> yeah. The Most Boring Fantasy Lineup That Will Make the Playoffs. That will absolutely make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's this is like do. Mays does, Robert Mays does the most like fun fantasy team every year. I want to do the opposite. Let's do the opposite. Do the, opposite. <laughs> the, the most boring <laughs> fucking fantasy team you could put together. At, at, no one will make a peak when you draft <laughs> each one of these players, but your team will be 10 and 7. Yeah. I was going to say, let's do it now, but no, right. Let's we'll make that a whole episode. This is an episode. episode. Let's That's do it. Wow. Yeah. Are we keeping this in this episode? Or I'm already it? excited about this. <laughs> this, is like, this is what you call in the biz a tease. And we're going to wow. get it. Yeah, we're going to get them. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Bucks. Okay. Buccaneers, they have Mike Evans. So I think that kind of destroys this exercise for them. So. Yeah, but what about Gage? Yeah, well, Russell Gage is, I think, going to be good, but probably more in the beginning of the season. And then like when Chris Godwin comes back. I think I don't think Russell Gage has any chance to be like a top 10 overall receiver when yeah. Chris Godwin returns. I think the Russell Gage has the Godwin role and would still be useful, but like startable for your lineup. But I don't think it's realistic for Russell Gage to be like a top five, top 10 guy all year when Godwin only did that once himself. He is a LSU alum. Russell Gage? Just Jamar Chase parallel there. No, nothing. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Could be he could be him. Yeah. Should we like enroll in LSU summer classes and then try to like see if we could get? I try out for the Bucks and I take one LSU class. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna move on. Rams they have Cooper Cup, so that kind of I mean mm. maybe Allen Robinson, would, but that I don't think that no they're not gonna both. The yeah. offense spreads the ball out too much. But, I mean Cup and Cup and Woods. Yeah, they're both they're, like Woods was borderline wide receiver one before he got hurt. Yeah, the Cinderella of the fantasy community, Robert Woods, was like a borderline fringe top 12 wide receiver every year. I think it's easier to project the number one receiver like the Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase last year, Stephon takes the year before that. Cooper Cup last year. I think it's easier to project the number one receiver in a team to go bananas than a team where one guy's already going bananas to have a second guy join him unless they're throwing a ton of passes. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that. I just don't want to I don't want to leave him off this list. All right, we'll, we'll include him, but I, I kind of I'm giving an asterisk. It's not quite. I, I think it's it's tough to be like the second guy will also do good because then you kind of have to lop off a lot of yardage off Cooper Cup necessarily. I mean, he had like, two thousand, so. Well, yeah, but that all right, but are, are well, are we committing to Justin Jefferson being our top receiver? Because I think we should. I think we should too. Right. I'm big on the Vikings. So those are the teams that we're really <laughs> confident that we're pulling guys out. So are the teams that we're like confident will make the playoffs? Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, Alan Lazard, Alan Robinson. I don't endorse, but. Those guys are pretty interesting. You're into you're into Alan Lazard, but not Alan Robinson. <laughs> Alan Robinson, you know, I think when you put he it had like two that. top he had two top twelve finishes before last year. Last year he fell off a of map. But you like realize that, that Alan Robinson is younger than Cooper Cup and is like one of the best talents in the NFL. <laughs> he's, I forgot he's younger than Cooper Cup. That's weird. Cooper Cup, oh, <laughs> Cooper Cup is Sammy Watkins' age. Isn't that the weirdest thing in them all? That's yeah. very weird. He might be older, actually. How old is Cooper Cup? 29 or 30? He's 29, I think. Yeah. That's June 15th, 93. When was Sammy Watkins born? Uh, Sammy was born June 14th, 1993. Oh, my God. The same damn Sammy age. Watkins is one wow. day older. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Okay. That was that, that was like the Austin thing from Florida. Yeah, the Austin versus we LA. one mile off. Equidistant. Yeah. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the part of the exercise I think is really fun. Or not fun, but in f- the fun was before when we are talking about Zach Wilson's mom. This is the part that's like informative. Um, the team's in the middle. And again, I think it's pretty crazy that two, really two of these teams are going to make the playoffs in the AFC. It's Patriots, Dolphins, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Titans, Broncos, Raiders. Only two of those are going to make it if we're putting the Chargers wow. in it. And then, I know, it's loaded. And then the flip side, the NFC, it's like, three of these teams are going to make the playoffs. And it's the Eagles, 
Washington, Vikings, Lions, Saints, 49ers, Seahawks. I think you I think you put Giants in there and then take the Seahawks. Oh yeah, out. I took them out out of yeah, yeah. protect my own soul. So out of these teams that jump out at you guys, looking at these, and again, we don't have to go into like uh, well, the Raiders have Devontae Adams. We don't have the, the right. Raiders aren't really part of this. You looking at these teams, is there a receiver that you jumps out at you that could make a huge leap? I think there's uh there's two to me that that really stand out. I or just a team you think could be better than you think on this list. And then we look at the receivers from there. So if it's I'll go with what you were saying alluding to earlier and the Ravens being really good. Uh I think Rashad Bateman is the guy that kind of stands out on this group in in this list. Um former first round pick, flashed as a rookie, like looked really good at times. Um has that sort of size, speed, route running combination. I, and and crucially, like he's a really good route runner. I think that will be um, something that can set him apart this year. And he's going to be, I think, the unquestioned number one receiver. Certainly, he's going to have to split targets with Mark Andrews, but um, the number one receiver after Marquise Brown is gone. So he's going as the wide receiver twenty six right now in, in best ball and at underdog. Um, but to me, like he's the guy. As I'm just looking through all these teams, that stands out the most is like in you know seven or eight months or whatever it is when the season's over we're like talking about Rashad Bateman being a wide receiver one and and we're like we should have seen this coming I just have reservations about a team that throws as little as they do just that he'll have enough volume to even be in that conversation he'd have to be so efficient and that Mark Andrews is the real number one in that team so I guess do you think that Rashad Bateman could be more the number one than Mark Andrews or that in reality it's still Mark Andrews at the top and then it's Rashad Bateman I just think even if it is both, like uh, they're they're going to be funneling so many of the passing game targets to those two guys, particularly. Like there's just not anyone else really, and he and he did, and and Lamar Jackson doesn't really pass the running backs, so there's not like a running back that's going to get like a hundred targets either and kind of like siphon off volume. I mean, I'm just like, you know, the Seahawks have been very run heavy and passed like not run heavy, but like they don't run a ton of plays. Their vol their play volume, their pass volume is low. They're slow. Yeah, they're slow and they don't pass. Uh, they don't pa- like, or they just don't run a lot of plays. And they still, ha- at times, obviously, I'm not comparing Lamar Jackson's deep passing prowess to Russell Wilson or whatever, but like they're so efficient offensively that these guys can come in and you can have like two wide receiver ones, like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett potentially. Um, so I still think there's a chance the efficiency shines through and he's getting. You know, they're just funneling so much of the passing game through those two guys in particular. That's where that's where like the lack of volume, the lack of pass volume is going to um, maybe not matter as much as you think. But I do. I, it is a valid point. Like, you, you know, it's definitely not going to be like the Chiefs or the Bills where they're just passing a ton um, and airing it out or whatever. So but this is why he's priced where he is, I think. Yeah, a couple of these. I mean, just to get away from like just pure receiver talk for a second, just team wise. I think the Vikings leap out to me as a team that surprisingly I just want to put in the playoffs. And I think that the Vikings going from like Mike Zimmer, this like hard ass defensive coach and like having more of an offense combined with like the NFC. I mean, the bears are so bad. It just feels like the Vikings or the lions are so primed for one of them to get a wild card that the Viking, like I'm not going to put Adam Thielen as a top 10 guy. I, I know he misses a lot of time, but I think that he has, no one wants to admit it, but it's a top three I don't, I red could zone see connection. Like, like Kirk Cousins it. targets Adam Thielen in the red zone as consi- as well as any. It's 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 two notches below what Brady had with Gronkowski, and probably three notches. But regardless, it's top three in the league. I don't know. I think that Adam Thielen, if he stays healthy, the problem is he hasn't. But he's on the wrong side of thirty. But I mean, who among us isn't these days? But I think I, Thielen I, I, is a great one. I think Thielen's a great one. I, I, but I wonder I if that's more know. Dalvin Cook hype than anything. They, wait, what, what? Just that I think the Vikings are going to be good. I think the mm-hmm. Vikings offense is going to be surprisingly good this year, and no one's really talking about it. No, I agree with that. Um, I think one guy to keep your eye on who I am in love with heading into this year is Cortland Sutton. Um, yeah. I know there's kind of a lot of mouth to feed in Denver, but listen, like Sutton was kind of set to explode like his career and then he tore his ACL in week one of 2020. So he missed that entire year after like a really strong 2019. Then last year, the team was a disaster. The quarterback situation was a mess. They ran the ball a ton um, and he just didn't really get an opportunity to succeed. 
And now, I mean, he just signed $35 million guaranteed. The Broncos paid him. He's going to be on the field more than any other wide receiver than the Broncos for the Broncos. Um, you have Tim Patrick. You got Jerry Judy looks like he's going to be in the slot. Um, and I think if anyone is going to become the DK Metcalf in the the Broncos offense, it's Sutton. They, mm-hmm. they have similar profiles. He's he's huge. He's fast. He's the deep threat. Russell Wilson is best deep. Uh, and this team, even if they're a, a, a pass-balanced offense, I think Sutton easily has a chance to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. I'm, I'm in lockstep with you on that. I think here's where I'm going to throw out like a wild card. I think it would be funny if Tim Patrick emerged as like the best of all these receivers. I've been <laughs> like, wondering that too. Like Tim Patrick, yeah. I think could straight up outperform Jerry Judy this year. I love Jerry Judy. Yeah. I just, I, I think know. Tim Patrick is good. I think he's, they also just paid, they paid him. The, they just gave him three yeah. years, 34 million. He's falling victim to the, his name is Tim Patrick. When, when two wide receivers are on the field for Denver this year, I think there's a strong chance that it's Sutton and Patrick and not Judy. Right. Right. So do with that what you will. But I love Sutton this year. I think he is he is the new DK Metcalf for Russ. Yeah, and I said this on a previous pod like a couple weeks ago. Would it surprise you whatsoever if Corlin Sutton scores 10-plus touchdowns? No. Like, no. not even a little. It would not surprise me. So I, I'm with you on that one. The other team that leaps out at me here, just in terms of making the playoffs, it's a little crazy to say, but it's the Saints. And in theory, I think the Saints are not a popular team right now. And I mean, look, obviously, Sean Payton retired as their head coach, and they've made a bunch of like wildcat moves, but like their defense still projects to be pretty incredibly good. And the the division's so bad, like the Falcons and the Panthers, I f- feel like the Saints are going to go 4 and 0 or 3 and 1 in that right there. They've also beaten Brady in the playoffs all four years. They're 4 and 0, I believe, in the regular season against Brady. And it's not crazy to say that the Saints could go five and one in the division. And at that point, why couldn't the Saints be a 10 win team? As crazy as it is to say, they're always selling out for this season. And suddenly I start thinking about that receiving core. Michael Thomas has been hurt for two years now with this mysterious ankle injury that none of us understand how he's still being rehabbed. Jarvis Landry's signed there, but like, I, I really don't know what Jarvis Landry has left. I genuinely don't know what he has left at this point in his career. And I keep wondering about Chris Olave. The, the rookie at Ohio State, I feel Seriously. like yeah. he, he might have been the most polished guy coming out of the draft. DK, would you do you feel that way? Yeah, and and he I would say yes. He's he was certainly the most polished as a route runner. I think there are concerns about like his play strength and things like that, but like if you get him a clean release off the line of scrimmage, he's elite, elite speed. And he's a really good he catches the ball really good, really well. Um, and he's a great route runner. Um, so like he's the type of player stylistically that could like hit the ground running and just be really good right away. And he falls into an offense where like, honestly, if Michael Thomas isn't playing, he's the number one. That's the thing. I keep, what I keep coming back to is it, it, look, it's always a, a little straw man it, to be like, well, if this guy gets hurt and it's like, okay, well that you could say that for anything. However, since Michael Thomas has barely played football in the last two years and Jarvis Lantry just always seems to be dealing with something. It doesn't seem crazy to think that Chris Olave might just have to be like the superhero receiver on this team mm-hmm. pretty early in this season. And that's the one guy I kind of look at and I'm like, he's going outside the top 100. I mean, forget 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. It's, you know, it's not like you're paying very much to acquire him. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of ifs in what I just said, but that's the other guy that I really wonder. It's like, you know, he's not even quite the number one yet, but it's not very difficult to imagine that happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, he he's not he doesn't have the same profile as Jamar Chase even remotely. Like Chase was an all timer in terms of like college prospects, but Olave yeah, but we has said that that was clickbait at the top to get people to click. DK, it's, it's a metaphor. <laughs> can I can I toss I two names at you guys, and I want you to tell me which one grabs you, if any? Yeah, two more receivers: Devontae Parker and Robert Woods. Yeah. Oh, for the Titans. Yeah. And the Devontae for the Patriots. I wrote down Devontae. I think both Devontae and Jacoby Myers are kind of interesting because all we've been reading about is how much they limited Mac Jones in his rookie season, how much they mm-hmm. held back, how great he looks right now. You know, I don't know if that's all fluff. Have you seen him? Mac Jones, he's skinny. He looks chiseled. Like, yeah. We like also his chin, just agreed. Just strong chin, no. strong jawline. Double standard. When Zach Wilson got ripped, and now we know why he got wanted to get ripped, but once he got ripped, we were like, that's bad. And now Mac <laughs> no. Jones is ripped, and we're like, no, that's good. No, they're different. He's not ripped. Zach he's, Wilson he's bulked up. Mac yeah. Jones cut down. 
So he's yeah. pliability. Mac Jones did the Luka Doncic. He thinned out. The jawline got stopped more pronounced. Stop drinking the sweet tea. Zach Wilson thickened up. The jawline <laughs> went away because he bulked up. He's too full of creatine right now. He can't even throw. <laughs> I still can't believe. Too many creatine shakes. Yeah, he's too busy looking at all his friends' moms. <laughs> That's why he's bulking up. He's trying to get a dad bod for all the moms out there. How do you think that went down? How do I think Zach Wilson slept with his mom's best friend? Yeah, I don't think that went down. There's a lot of <laughs> pornography out there that you could like figure out sort of a general storyline, Heifetz. Um, you could do your research and and find it out pretty quickly. Yeah, maybe that's maybe you think that's what Kyrie means every time he's like, do your own research. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. But well, he's had a lot of time in his hands. Can we go back? Like, if, if the Patriots win, I don't know, 10, 9, 10, 11 games, and Mac Jones takes another step because he was the best rookie quarterback last year, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, we have, we got Jacoby Myers, we got Kendrick Bourne, and we have Devontae Parker. Well, I think the the problem is that what we're saying is the good teams usually have a great receiver one, and we just saw the Patriots go. How long has it been since the Patriots really had a good receiver? I, I don't know, like a thousand, two thousand years. Well, Edelman. Yeah, I, you know what's weird about the Patriots? I've been thinking about this. I I, I thought of this the other day because I was trying to think of trying to like challenge. This is the time of year you challenge your assumptions, like. The running joke I always had with Jonathan Sharks, one of our NBA writers, is like, it's NBA Summer League. It's like Summer League, NFL preseason. It's just for your own confirmation bias. It's like you ignore <laughs> it unless it helps what you already think. But in all seriousness, like you do want to challenge your own assumptions. And I was like, what are the most deeply held assumptions I have about this season? And I realized that number one on the list was that Matt Patricia will be a terrible offensive coordinator <laughs> for the Patriots. Like there's, I have not even considered for one moment that he could be good at this job. <laughs> but... What if Matt Patricia was good at his job? Can we can oh, we entertain no. that for for a moment? I mean, I I don't even think so. Like, yeah, I like that. I, <laughs> I like I like where you're coming from. I like where your head's at. I don't even really think about it that way. Other than I just think there's a lot of signs that the, the Patriots' offense could be a lot better than everybody thinks they are. I don't think the Patricia angle in particular is like compelling. I think that's I think more we're like, hand-waving it because right. of Patricia running it, and it's more of a meme. It's like Joe Judge and Patricia are co-running the offense. Ha, ha, ha. And that's kind of the end of a lot of analysis. But I, I, that's, I think, the mm-hmm. compelling part of what Craig's saying. It's just like the problem is who, who's the number one, I think. It's like you got to pick the right guy. True. But they're all very cheap, so it, it really doesn't matter. And Craig mentioned Bobby Trees here for a second. Yeah. We're I mean, all out on Traylon Burks already. This is what we did with freaking Jamar Chase last year. Is no, it not, not the same thing? thing. Jamar oh, Chase is dropping balls. Traylon Burks is having trouble. Um, I mean, he, his asthma is picking up. Yeah, so yeah. he's not actually practicing. There's a difference between not practicing and just, you know, catching the ball. Also, Jamar Chase. I'm exaggerating, clearly. But I will say, going back to last year, he was dropping passes. He had like multiple drops in those preseason games. And there was offseason reports in training camp, I believe, that he wasn't separating and he wasn't really doing anything in training camp. And then we all got kind of like nerve, like cold feet about it, even though we like hyped him up all offseason. I'm not saying that it's exactly the same with Traylon Burks, but you guys are going with the guy that's coming off an ACL over the first round rookie. I don't know if Robert Woods is guaranteed to even be ready for the beginning of the season. So I think that, that might be I, true, but I'm saying if he is. I mean, if he is healthy and him and Traylon Burks, I guess, are the two wide receivers, like, are you really going to be surprised if Robert Woods is putting up five catches for 80 yards every single week? No. A little, a little. What? I love Bobby, but, like, I think they got him because he's a willing blocker. <laughs> like, I, I, I think DK's probably right. If we're really in the spirit of this exercise, I don't, I think Traylon Burks will probably be overdrafted because people will just do the one-for-one connection of, like, <laughs> well, A.J. Brown was good as a rookie, so Traylon Burks will replace him and be good as a rookie, and it just isn't right. going to... I think the Titans will be downhill this year. But I think Burks is more likely to be a top-ten guy than Rob, Bobby Trees, as much as I love Bobby Trees. That I agree with, but I, I guess I would say Woods is more likely to be, like, a fantasy starter on your team this year. That is... Yeah, um, yeah. yeah probably. Okay. So the the list we've got here... So pulling through this list, and again, the whole point of this was that you're trying to find a top 12 receiver. Nine of the 12 come from a team that are in the playoff on or in the playoffs. So with that said, polling from teams that we think will be in the playoffs, we've got Michael Pittman for the Colts, Mike Williams for the Chargers, Alan Lazard, maybe for the Packers. Sure, sure. Alan Robinson for the Rams, maybe behind Cooper Cup, Rashad Bateman for the Ravens, Cortland Sutton for the Broncos, Chris Olave for the Saints, and then we got Devontae, some asterisk guys toward the end, but to a lesser extent, Olave, Devontae Parker, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. 
if I told you two of these guys did end up finishing as top 12 receivers this year in 2022, I want you to pick those two guys right now, the guys who did it. Pittman and Sutton. Yeah, I mean, I think the easy answer is Pittman, but again, I'd go back to, like, he's being drafted basically like he is already. Um, but we're just talking yeah, about we all agree on Pittman, so let's think it's not Pittman. Okay, we all agree take, on Pittman. Let's take Pittman out. Uh, Mike Williams and Sutton? And then my dark horse would be Rashad Bateman. I agree. I, I The Alan Lazard thing... <laughs> Is probably you're getting play sucked this. in. This, this you you already said it. He's Mike Davis. He is Mike. You're Davis. gonna get. You're gonna do this with Alan Lazard. This is you're this right. year's. No, Mike do you really want right. to depend on Davis. anything Aaron Rodgers does this year? <laughs> Such a, well, you know what we should do. We should figure out if Alan Lazard has this star sign for the. Um, oh, I speaking of which, what a perfect segue actually. So we were talking about Aaron Rodgers' tattoo, and we implored Tatum, who is uh, one of our one of our wonderful listeners, and also. Um, I believe self-identifies as a witch. Mm-hmm. And Tatum, we a- we asked Tatum to ha- for help. And like a like the true hero she is, she responded with an analysis of Aaron Rodgers' tattoo. <laughs> which if you have not awesome. seen, you should go to Instagram and see it. But it's it, it's basically like a mix of like astrology with like planetary galaxy stuff with like lions staring in the mirror. And it's just there's a lot going on. It's a very mm-hmm. Shailene Woodley tattoo. So Tatum has can I read this to you guys? I'm very yeah. interested. Yes. Okay. And I encourage you, if, if you're able to, if you have not seen Aaron Rodgers' tattoo, to pull up the tattoo on Instagram. So just to and by the way, I, just to establish Tatum's bona fides here, she, I believe, correctly guessed all of our signs. I think she was two for three. Two out of three. Okay. She Still very get, good. She was yeah. very close on the other one, I think. It's Can't pretty, pretty on the nose. Okay. <laughs> Tatum says Aaron Rodgers' tattoo. It looks like a tattoo of a birth chart, and upon first glance, not knowing whose arm this was on, I would think it was a person whose big three, the sun, the moon, the rising sign, are Scorpio, Sagittarius, and Aquarius, given the three symbols at the top of the tattoo. But the two lions are puzzling, so maybe I'm thinking they just got a lot of Leo placements in their chart, or maybe it's a Gemini thing with the twin symbologic as lines leading each other. <laughs> and then you tell me this tattoo is on Aaron Rodgers. He's a Sagittarius son, and for reference, DK's a Leaper son, Heifetz is a Pisces son, Craig's a Leo son. Rogers is a Sagittarius son. His moon is a Scorpio. So that explains those two symbols, but he's a Taurus rising, and he has absolutely zero Aquarius, <laughs> Leo, or Gemini placements. So the tattoo kind of makes no sense, given mm. his birth chart. Maybe it's representative of important people in his life and their astrological signs, Tatum says, I don't know, but I do know that Aaron Rodgers is dating a new girl who looks like she is deep, deep into astrology and spirituality stuff. Her name is Blue of Earth. It's B-L-U. <laughs> Blue of Earth. Oh, God, Craig I love it. Away. No, I know her. <laughs> oh, you know her? And so Tatum says, wasn't he like a Disney adult when he was with his ex-fiance, Shailene Woodley? Aaron Rodgers is just in his astrology ho era now. <laughs> I love that. You know what else is funny is that usually astrology experts can like make sense of anything and attribute anything to anyone. And the fact that Tatum, as an astrology expert, looks at this and goes, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I can't figure this one out. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. It's like perfect. She also asked if he'll start wearing crystals in his pads. And I was like, ha ha. And I thought about it. I was like, I bet, I kind of bet he might do that. Yeah. I could see him putting them in his helmet or something. Or in a necklace or something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she ends it with something. This is totally something a Sagittarius would impulsively get tattooed on themselves. (laughs) There it is. So that is uh, some very important research. Shout out Tatum. Well, Tatum, if that tattoo, if if you can kind of figure out by looking at that tattoo, which receiver is going to take off this year, please let us know. Mm. What is Lazard? What's his Where is Lazard on the tat? Where is Sammy? Oh, yeah, wait. Let's figure this out. When is Alan Lazard's birthday? Alan Lazard birthday. Uh, December 11th. So that means um, I can't do this on top of my head. December 11th. He's a Sa- he's a Sagittarius. Interesting. Is that good or bad though? Well, Rogers. Rogers is a Sagittarius. It's something to note. <laughs> oh, oh, what's Sammy? He's in June. Yeah, he's yeah, June. He's June. Oh boy. Interesting. Uh, what is that? No wonder Sag- Lazard Gemini and, and Rogers had that connection. He's a Gemini. Mm. I just guessed that. Did you guys even hear? I figured that out ahead of time. I, wow. No, I didn't notice. Sammy Good Watkins job. is Good job, such though. a Gemini. All right. That's score one for Alan Lazard. Okay. 
Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to Tatum for that email. Thank yeah. you to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, shout, thank you to Vince for Alan Lazard, top 10 receiver in 2022. Thank you to him for listening. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, A Tribe Called Quest. Nice, DK. Good Solid one. pick. That's I was going to go with, who sings The Age of Aquarius? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But I couldn't think of a band I don't name. know who does that. Age of Aquarius is sung by... Oh, goodness. Fifth Dimension. I literally only know that song from the end of the 40-year-old version. Same. I also think the end of the 40-year-old version is like, they don't completely land it, but I think that they do, it's what they wanted to do. Like, the end of This is the End, where, spoiler, they <laughs> you know they have the greatest scene in movie history, which is when mm -hmm. they bring the Backstreet Boys in at heaven. I feel like yeah. that's what they were going for in 40-year-old version, but they landed it. I think it's impressive that they were able to uh, get the studio to sign off on that ending and 40 year old version. Cause like Apatow yeah. and them, they were like largely unproven at that time. This is the end. I get it. These guys are all established. <laughs> Can you it's, remind me what happens at the end of the 40 year old version? Cause I'm blanking. They have, have sex. sex. <laughs> the, Steve Carell has sex <laughs> with. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I should have seen that coming. Yes. The, okay. the virgin is no longer virgin. And then he literally starts singing in bed, the age of Aquarius. And then it, it transitions into like a field and the entire cast is like dancing around singing the age of Aquarius. But it's not like a cut, uh, like in his head, this is what happening. It's he literally just starts singing in bed. Yes. It's great. Okay. Got it. They let Apatow cook. <laughs> say good. Say goodbye. Did you already say goodbye? I think, oh, did, well, I was going to ask you, yes, I, I, I seriously, I'm going to put the Rams bets in on the Rams to win the division and the Ravens. Plus Chargers one. too. Chargers, Chargers. Too. I think the Chargers. I kind of, you know why? It's because the Chiefs schedule is just harder than the Chargers one. Yeah. And they gotta, they're going to have to figure out their offense. Totally. Give me give me Vikings too. Yeah. Well, for the division or playoffs? What division. are the, I actually don't know what the Vikings, what are the Vikings? Because they have just the playoff odds. You want to look that up? No, we should go. All right, fine. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>